Living your life as both a spiritual teacher and spiritual student is not about learning or becoming anything. It's about remembering and living as the truth you are. With deep conviction and enthusiasm, Reverend Randy Thickey guides and encourages others to go within to their intimate space to find their infinite truth. Welcome to I Am Spirit Creating. I am free in the spirit. I am only here for God. I am free in the spirit. And I am only here for God. So as you know, most of our Sunday lessons come from the week's experiences. And so as I was sitting down this week to write this week's lesson, I was trying to figure out what angle I would come at what's going on in my life, what is resonating with me, what is fresh, what is coming up in me, through me, and around me. And if I'm being honest, I was stuck for most of the week. And then I called my dear mother on Friday morning, and we began to talk. And I said, Mom, what are you doing? And she says, well, I'm just sitting here I don't know about this coronavirus thing, and um, I don't want any of the grandchildren to come over because I'm fearful that they might bring it with them, and I'm just not loving this feeling right now. And I said, well, Mom, what are you doing for yourself today? And she said, well, Randy, to be honest with you, I'm still sitting in my pajamas from yesterday. I don't think I've showered in days. And I said, Mom, get up, take a shower, wash your hair, put on your makeup, put on your best dress clothes, and enjoy your day. Don't let what's going on outside the house affect what's going on inside the house. Don't let what's going on outside of you affect the truth of who you are within you. And she says, you know what? I think I'll do that. And I said, good, Mom, because at this point, you probably stink. And of course, Bella heard me saying this, and she says, I'll tell you what stinks. What stinks is I can't play with my friends. I can't have play dates. I can't go to the mall. You're making me sit here all day. I got to do homework anyway. This just isn't fair. I thought this was just going to be an elongated vacation. And I said, well, you know, I'm really sorry to hear that. And she said, Dad, but it doesn't make it stink any less. And then I was on the phone doing our, we do a 10 a.m. call and a 7 p.m. call every day. And on our 10 a.m. call, some of our board members were on there. And we began to talk about how it really stinks that we had just finished our fellowship hall. And Jan and the team had worked so hard. And we wouldn't be able to show that to everyone because of the fact that the times have changed. We talked about the fact that it really stinks that we were on this trajectory where the finances were just beginning to take care of themselves and there was enough to do so much more and then now we're in a position that we have to broadcast live on Facebook and Zoom. And I believe me, I am so grateful for the technology, but I miss each and every single one of you dearly. What stinks is that we don't know how much longer this will go on. 
What stinks is I keep hearing people say, things will never be the same again. What stinks is people thinking that we won't rise above all of this. And what stinks is that some people have forgotten what's possible. They've forgotten who they are. They've forgotten what they were made of. They've forgotten that the Christ light is inside them. Therefore, they can overcome any darkness. Yes, what's happening in our outside world to our humanity stinks. But the question is, in this moment, how do you push past the stench? So our service today is entitled, the stench. Because I think in a world that appears to be stinking, in a world that appears to be odorous, in a world that seems to be obnoxious, we have got to find a way to push past the stench. The stench is like water left over in a vase after the plants have wilted and died, and we refuse to take notice of it, and we refuse to change it. So therefore the stench permeates the room. The stench is like fruit that was once so fresh that is now spoiled and molded. And we've not taken the time to remove it from the other fruit so therefore it becomes infectious and everything around it starts to generate and accumulate that same mold. The stench is in the fact that so many of us are so caught up in where we once were and where we want to be that they're missing the miracle of where we are right here and right now. The stench is knowing that some people don't feel like they can rise above it and that some people don't feel like they can rise again. I want to let you know today that you have the power within you to rise above this. You have the power within you to create a new life in this moment right here, right now, if you choose to. The stench rising up a new life. Where do I read that in our Bible? And then I must go to John chapter 11. The death of Lazarus. Or as some ministers call it, Jesus, a dead man and his sisters. Because that's really what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about Jesus, a dead man, which was Lazarus and his sisters, Martha and Mary. The story goes like this. Jesus is out doing his work far away from the home that he knew. Days and days of travel that he has walked to prophesize and share his stories and his parables with people who haven't heard them yet. But then news comes his way that one whom he loved is ill. And that one is Lazarus. 
And Jesus replies when hearing that Lazarus is ill, this illness does not lead to death. Rather, it is for God's glory. So that the Son of God, so that the Christ within each and every single one of us may be glorified through it. So after hearing that Lazarus is ill and after proclaiming that this illness would not lead to death, Jesus doesn't just pack his bags and decide to get back on the road and head back to Judea and ultimately to Bethany, which is where Lazarus and Mary and Martha live. He decides to stay two additional days where he's at. And I read this over and over and over again. And if one whom I loved was ill and one whom I loved was sick, I would do everything in the moment to travel back to them and to be with them and to help heal them. And I realized in that moment, that is what was meant by this illness does not lead to death. Rather, it is for the glory of God. And so, in order for the glory of God to take place, Jesus needed to let this play out for a few days. And then step into his Christ consciousness and come forward and make the journey back to his home, back to his center, back to where he was from, and back to who he was. So after two days, he says to his disciples, today we will go back to Bethany and we will do it on the road through Judea. And the disciples are aghast. Lord, do you not remember the last time we were in Judea, they tried to stone us. Lord, the last time we were in Judea, they tried to persecute us. Lord, the last time we went through Judea and Jesus said, do you not know that there are 12 hours of daylight in every day? And they are followed by night. Do you not know that there are 12 hours of daylight each and every day? And those who walk during the day do not stumble, for they can see the light. Those who walk during the day, those who walk in the light, those who walk in the shining example and in the expression of the Christ light that was in them, do not stumble, for they have recognized the light. But those who walk in darkness, those who walk in night, for they stumble because the light is not within them. So I'm encouraging you today to ask, is the light within you and in your circumstance, are you seeing the light or are you simply choosing to travel in darkness, to travel by the night, to travel in areas which you know you will stumble? Anyway, Jesus makes the trek back and many days have passed and he is walking through Judea and he sees Martha and Martha comes to him and says, you're too late. Lazarus has died. You're too late. Had you come sooner, maybe you could have saved him. Do the Lord what? 
took you so long. And Jesus looked at Martha and said, go get your sister Mary and let's travel to where the body of Lazarus is. Don't you know that I am the resurrection and the life? Do you not believe this? And Martha's first reply was, but Lord, the four days of spices that we use to anoint Lazarus' body will be overwhelming and there will be a disgusting stench on our brother's decaying body. But Jesus was not deterred and said, take me there. And so the town of Bethany, only two miles away, was easily walkable. And so he began to walk with other Jews and Gentiles and the townspeople. And they walked to the space in the place where Lazarus was laid. Inside a cave. And a rock had been rolled in front of it. As Jesus looked around and saw that the townspeople were crying and that Mary was crying and that Martha was crying, he was overtaken with grief and Jesus began to sob too. You see, what was going on in the external world was powerful to Jesus as well. And in that moment, he took notice as to what was going on, but he didn't allow him to consume him because after a moment of weeping, Jesus stated, we must move the stone. And once again, Martha and Mary pleaded, Lord, you cannot move the stone because the odor will be overwhelming. He has been decaying for four days, and Jesus said, do you not believe? And as they were moving the stone, it was true, there was a stench that was so overwhelming. The eyes of the townspeople were watering. They were covering their noses with cloth. But then Jesus stopped and prayed. And looked into the cave and said, Lord, thank you for hearing my prayer. Jesus stopped and prayed and looked into the cave and said, Lord, thank you for answering my prayer. And then it says in the scripture, he called out to Lazarus, which at that point had not been seen. And the body of Lazarus came out of the cave, bound and wrapped, but alive. And the scripture says, there was a fragrance of fresh air throughout the land as Lazarus exited the cave. And so for me, it struck me that there was this overwhelming stench when everyone was unsure of what was about to happen. But the moment that they went to the Christ and the Christ began to speak and they realized that the stone that blocked the cave 
had to be removed. And when the stone was moved and Jesus prayed and he proclaimed inwardly and asked outwardly, Lord, hear my prayer. And then boldly and loudly at the top of his voice screamed, Lazarus, come out. You see, he envisioned it first. He set the intention first of what he wanted. He prayed for it knowing that it was already so. And once he truly believed, he made the statement, Lazarus, rise again and come out of the cave. He did first inwardly what he wanted to see outpictured outwardly. And suddenly, remarkably, the four-day-old body of Lazarus came out of the cave wearing his grave clothes but no longer smelling to high heaven and the spring-like fragrance of fresh life deodorized the entire scene and the fresh spring-like fragrance of life deodorized the entire scene. Four days represents something that stinks. And to me, when I read this scripture, I realize that there were moments that Martha and Mary's ideas were the things that stunk. Their perspective was the things that stunk. You see, earlier in the day, both sisters had scolded Jesus that had you got here sooner... You could have saved our brother. You could have relinquished his pain. You could have infused new life before he had fallen. And for me, it is a perfect example of faith versus failure. Faith in Lord, I know you have the ability to heal Lazarus. And I knew you had the ability to heal Lazarus. But failure and their persecution that he had not gone there sooner. Yes, I know this was their brother, and poor Martha, and poor Mary. Yes, I realize that there is anguish in four days of grief. Yes, even for Lazarus, it must have been painful. But what the scripture says is that Lazarus rose from the cave and walked out bounded in his grave clothes and there was a fresh smell of spring that engulfed the air and all was well. There was a happy ending and there was a final infusion of fresh air. But then we move to the next chapter and we find out that the stench still lingers. For again, Mary comes to Jesus and says, if only you had been here sooner. If only you had stopped what you're doing and dropped everything and ran to your brother's side. If only you would have done this, or if only you would have done that. And I'm here to ask you right now, in the midst of your own 
time in isolation, your own time in the grave, your own time of four days of suffering or four weeks of suffering, where is your thoughts? Are they on faith or are they on failure? Because I too in the last few weeks have said, if only. If only I would have done this, and if only the church would have done that, and if only we would have worked on that sooner, and if only we would have prepared this way, and if you, and if they, and if we. And I've spent my time, so much precious time, that I could have been breathing the fresh air stuck in the stench. The stench of something that was long gone. The stench of something that I can no longer control. Instead of focusing on the fresh air that was in the moment. That was lingering all around me now. Yes, I could have done this. And you could have done that. And we could have done this. And God could have showed up sooner. And spirit could have made this all go away. And I'm here to tell you that right here, right now, we are battling with the same arguments. What if things were different? What if this hadn't happened? What if? What should have? What could have? What would have? And as I wrestled with this, trying to figure out if Lazarus had a happy ending, then we too must have a happy ending. And it led me to the book of Ecclesiastes, and it says, for everything there is a season, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to weep, and a time to laugh. God has made everything suitable in its time, so I have to believe what's going on in my outer world right now has been made suitable for its time. Lazarus lives. Lazarus lives. And so will you. But the first thing we need to do is to move away the stone that has been holding us back. Move away the stone of fear. Move away the stone of confusion. Move away the stone of lack. Move away the stone of worry. Move away the stone of I don't know what to do. Yet in the moment we must rise. And we must claim our life just like Lazarus did. Because right now, right here in this moment, the Christ within you is praying. The Christ within you is saying, thank you, Lord, for hearing my prayer." So rise again. Enjoy the fresh smell and the fresh scent of spring in the air. The fragrance of God's glory is filling this room now. The fragrance of fresh air is filling your family now. The fragrance of fresh air is filling you now. So here you stand in your grave clothes. 
found. But you are alive. So I invite you to change. Change your clothes, change your habits, change your beliefs, change your thoughts, change your attitudes. Change your circle of worry and your circle of frustration. Change into something brand new. Get out of bed. Take a shower. Do your hair. Put your makeup on. And don't let what's going on outside the house affect who you are inside the house. Can you smell it? Can you feel it? That fresh spring air. That fresh spring air that's waiting for you to inhale deeply. That fresh spring air that is saying, take it all in. That Christ within you saying, I am the resurrection and I am the life and you too shall rise again. I am the resurrection and I am the life. Roll back the stone. Come out of your mental cave. Free yourself from mental slavery. And breathe in deeply. Breathe in the calm of inner peace. Be ready to receive. In times of frustration or worry, simply close your eyes and say, pour yourself in me. And when things get unbearable, I invite you to release and to let go. Because you too are the resurrection. And you too are the life. God bless each and every one of you. I hope that today everything changes. And instead of saying what if, I invite you to say what now. Namaste.